Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again for this mailbag podcast is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Matty B. Ready to dive into it. Yeah, uh, mailbag pod uh, feels like it's been a while since we've done one of these. These are always these are always good for the uh, off season um, content to let people. Uh, get their questions and speak their minds and we have uh 22 submissions i counted so 22 all of right. them. and uh yeah some some people asked a couple questions so we got plenty to talk about on this uh mailbag it looks like so we can we can we can right speed in. round it this will be our but we always say it but we will this will be our best speed round ever we can we can do it we give, give them something to for uh the weekend to listen to you ready to get rocking? You are, though. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Grape Swisher leads us off. What it do, boys? Let me hear your breakout freshman of the year. What it do, Grape Swisher? Stipulation cannot be a top 100 player. I want 2023's Mason Taylor. He's riding Kyle Parker, wide receiver, early enrollee. I'm going to be, uh, and I'll look, I'll call out our own on three rankings here. Um, the only, we had him in the 140s, the only. Uh, rankings company industry uh, or across the industry that did not have this player in the top 100. I'm going Javian Toviano. I think he could have a big season. I think they need some safety help. I think he can play there. I could see some injuries happening at safety for a game or two where he needs to be put into the mix. He could potentially be in the mix at nickel, even corner. 
So while Toviano was top 100 with other people, um, he was a top 10 safety and on three, um, but not in the top 100. So I'm going Toviano. Okay. This is really challenging for me. So I have, I'll just say the names now. I got either Caleb Jackson, my guy Jackson McGohan, but then also Whit Weeks are all outside the top 100. And I can see all three of them playing. Um, I can see Whit Weeks helping, but I think they're set at linebacker. So I'll just, you know, I'll just go Caleb Jackson. Yeah, I, I like that more than McGohan. I think McGohan takes some time. Yeah, I think McGohan will take some time as well. I think all the, the tight ends will take a little bit of time, but it just feels like they're uh, – we'll see when he can get on the field. But um, Caleb Jackson uh, ranked the number 12 player uh, – 12 running back, sorry, uh, in the country – out of Liberty High School over here, had an injury his senior year, uh, getting back, posting incredible track times. I think he's going to be one that even if they're able to get a transfer portal running back, um, there is an opportunity for him to get to be the you know third in the team, third on the team in yards this year, which would be crazy. But I think there's an avenue to where that could happen. Yeah, he's a great one cut back. He ran a 10-6 uh, in the state championships this past weekend at 220 pounds coming off an injury. So <clears throat> real deal. Bring yeah. some speed element to that room. I, uh, I actually like that choice a lot. Um, so Jackson and Toviano, I, I like them both. Two good choices. Uh, Platcat out of Plaquemine. Um, the way, This is for you, Maddie B. The women's basketball team, are they finished adding to next year's roster? I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I, I'm, I'm working on – you know, locking locking things down there to see. But, but that would mean a, another transfer, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, another transfer. Um, I could see them trying to shore up. There's two – if people want to nitpick this team, because the team's already stacked, but if people want to nitpick this team, there's two ways you can nitpick. It's, it's either um, you want another shooter or you want a five that can kind of lock down and replace LaDasia Williams because they didn't replace LaDasia Williams. Um, they have – they, Anissa Morrow is a six foot one forward. Um, Aliyah Del Rosario is six foot five, but she's going to be a freshman. She looks like she needs a little bit of time. And Samaya Smith, as much as I really like Samaya Smith, still young, six three, um, not the strongest yet. So that that's one area where I think they could add another player. But we'll see. I'll stay tuned to the the Bengal Tiger, uh, and we'll get we'll get you caught up on that. I'm a big Samaya Smith fan. She's my oh, new Eric Gaines. I've said it before. Um, and came up in some clutch moments for him, especially in the yes. tournament uh, when folks got in foul trouble. Zud the HUD. Um, I've seen preseason rankings. One of them had LSU at number two. Whereas a Bengal Tiger think LSU should be ranked as the national hype justified. I think anything in the top 10 would be considered hype. So I think that's justified, no doubt. They return arguably the top quarterback in the SEC, tons of receivers, a, a offensive line that's played plenty. They're good on the D-line with depth now. There's questions, but everyone has questions at different positions. I would say that anywhere for me from five to seven would make sense. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean, to, to me, it's splitting hairs it after, is. after Georgia. Like, really, it is because I've seen LSU as low. I mean, like you said, seven. I've seen them as high as like two, three, four. Um, you know, it's Ohio State. It's, Florida State, Florida State and LSU are some people have them flipped. Some people have Florida State higher. Some people have LSU higher. I can see it both ways. Uh, USC is obviously going to be a very good team. Alabama, we'll see. Where would I have them ranked? Um, personally, which I think this will probably be the 
the best bit. Um, I think they're better than Alabama right now. Just looking through Alabama's roster, looking through watching their spring game a bit, I just feel like LSU is you know what they are more, and Alabama clearly has the defensive potential to be really, really, really good. Uh, in the back end, Dallas Turner up front, like. I think Alabama's defense can be elite, but I think LSU's defense is right there with them. And then, to me, the difference is that quarterback. And that's Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer, as opposed to, you know, all the quarterbacks of Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow over there. I just think that's the difference right now. So I would have, personally, LSU above Alabama. But as far as Ohio State, USC, Florida State, uh, Michigan. Michigan's in there. You can – organize those as much any way you want yeah nope i'm i'm with you i'm i'm okay with that five range and i just don't think florida state and lsu quite had the total roster that some of these other teams have uh and that's just the reality of it brian kelly said the achilles heel of this team could be depth um so i think that's what kind of keeps them for me in that five to seven range which is perfectly fine Mm -hmm. put you in contention uh sort of i guess tied in hokamojo Shout out Hoko, longtime uh, member. If LSU goes eleven and one, why did it happen? If LSU goes eight and four, why did it happen? I think he's asking specifically loss wise. If you go eleven and one, why did it happen? You had an amazing year and you were clicking. Loss wise, I think it's going to be tough to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa after you beat them a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Bama put together a long winning streak on LSU for LSU to counter that in Brian Kelly's first two years with a shorthanded roster would in now in Tuscaloosa. And remember last year's game came down to overtime in the final play. So it'd be, I'm hard pressed to think that they're going 12 and 0 if they slip up, I could see it being in Tuscaloosa eight and four for me just speaks to you had a sec season, Maddie B where you, maybe you lost to Bama. Maybe you lost to a and Maybe you, slipped up against an Ole Miss or a team like that. Um, Or you lose to Florida State out the gates, you know, which is a very talented top 10 team. So, eight, like, I don't see them losing anyone that's, like, terrible, but I could certainly see them losing games to teams that do have talent. I mean, Ole Miss has one of the best running backs in the country. Bama's going to be Bama. Florida State is a very good team out of the gates. A&M is a talented roster that by the end of the year, who's healthier? You know, I think it's one of those things. So, I don't think they're going to be either of those. I could see him finishing with a couple of losses, but we're still far away out. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the question in a different direction. I think you, you worded it well. So, like, I'm looking at this, like, as best case, and let's just say eight and four is worst case scenario. Let's just say that. Um, and what has to happen within the team for that to happen? Um, obviously, if they go 11-1 or 12-0, Jaden Daniels will have to be a Heisman contender. In my opinion, the offensive line will have to stay healthy uh, because, as we've mentioned, the depth there is not good enough. Um, the They'll have to have an elite pass rush with Braden Swinson and Ovia Gofu and then figure out where Harold Perkins is. Harold Perkins will have to be borderline All-American to me, again, because he's that talented. And if he's not utilized correctly, then I, I struggle to see this team reaching their potential. And the back end is going to have to be really, really good um, as far as Denver Harris and, you know, those guys coming together and gelling in the safeties have to stay healthy. So that's best case scenario. Uh, Worst case scenario, eight and four is Jane Daniels doesn't take the step forward. Um, I'm not going to get to injuries, but if the offensive line obviously doesn't, you know, if the depth isn't as good as we need as LSU needs it to be and 
uh, that suffers. And then basically the inverse of everything I said uh, going well. Like those are the biggest question marks is like Jaden Daniels, can he be Heisman contender? Can the offensive line stay healthy? Can the pass rush be elite without B.J. Ojolari and if Perils Perkins is that inside linebacker? And can the secondary come together with all these new pieces? Like those are the four biggest question marks and those will decide the season to me. We'll get a lot more into that as we go on in the summer months. Uh, Damon Targaryen, if Kelly coaches 10 seasons, more seasons at LSU, how many titles do we win? I guess he means national championships. My answer to this one is that each coach who's been here the last three head coaches has won a national championship. So I'm giving him one. I'll set the bar. Like I'd put the betting lines at over one and a half. Like That's a good line. Yeah. You got to win one because everybody else has won at least one. So, or has won one. So That's I'm going to go over under one and a half. I'll yeah. go. Oh man. The, the college landscape is going to change so much. It's so tough to predict, but no one's coming back on this 10 years later. So I'll go over one and a half. Very true. Very true. No one's coming back to say you were wrong. Um, I, I think I, I like the over as well, um, especially with the – if you just think about it this way, was it 16 of the last 17 champs are from the, the South, right? So let's just say a Southern team that's not Ohio State is probably going to win the title in the next 10 years. I think LSU, Georgia, Alabama are the three – could be – in theory, the three teams of the like the next 10 years, if if this works out with Brian Kelly and, you know, assuming Nick Saban and Alabama continue rolling. Like, let's just say I think those are the three teams, even if an Oklahoma comes or a Florida State comes up at once every now and then. If we assume it's those three teams, I think they get at least one. I'll say two. I'll say over. I like it. Um, this sort of ties into what we're talking about, but we've talked about a good bit about it on the board. If Major Burns doesn't start every game, and they said just because he never has, what's the best lineup at safety? Excuse me. If uh, Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse can lock down the nickel spot, would Sage and Greg uh, Brooks work there? Or would the team rather have one of them at nickel with someone like Toviano at safety? Okay, so we don't know the answer to that because we haven't seen Deuce Chestnut. I'm also quick to press pause there. I don't think we can just say, Oh yeah, Deuce Chestnut's like definitely the best nickel on the team, and he'll be a starter. Like you hope that, but we're far from it. I think that they like Sage at nickel. That if Major Burns went down, it would be Greg Brooks and somebody else. That's why they're recruiting safeties in the portal. My guess would be Toviano, Jordan Allen's in that mix. I could understand them moving Sage back, but I also wouldn't just pencil in Deuce Chestnut until we've actually seen him play. So. I'm TBD here, but I do think that they would move Sage back if they had to. But given that they had Sage at nickel all spring, I'll go somebody else like a Toviano. Yeah, I think the question becomes is when you are in a moment of crisis and let's just say one of the safeties goes down the state or major misses time or something. Is JV and Toviano ready to step into a SEC game and, you know, play at an SEC level as a fresh, as a true freshman? That's the question. So, uh, like you said, Deuce Chestnut's the biggest question. If Deuce Chestnut can play and Deuce Chestnut is good, that takes off a lot of pressure from this defense. Because if not, then you have that those question marks to me of guys like Sage Ryan, 
um, Jordan Allen, um, Javian Toviano, those are the guys to me that can play either the nickel or the safety. And it would just be a lot easier if if you have Sage Ryan and Deuce Chestnut who can both man the nickel, both step into safety if they need to. That's the ideal situation, but I think you're right. I think Javian Toviano has worked himself and has shown this year that he can be ready to to help in the SEC. That's one that I think we'll find out in fall camp, just because we haven't seen any of Chestnut and we need yeah. more guys to be healthy uh, for us to make that realistic prediction. Tiger Cyclin, uh, could you realistically see Caleb Jackson being RB1 or 2 in this offense? LSU's long overdue for Caleb Jackson. I think that the reality here is it's going to be a running back by committee. So by season's end, could he have the second most touches? Maybe. Could he have the second best yards per carry? Maybe. I do think he'll be involved. I just am – it's too early for me to call, given he's not even on campus yet, that he'll be the number two back. Yeah, I, I can't see him being – I mean, especially if they get a running back out of the portal. Like if Yeah, just, if you get a Logan Diggs, that makes it murkier. Now you're having to beat out Josh Williams and Diggs, let alone yeah. if Emory's out there or Monty Goodwin's healthier. Noah Kane's going to get his carries no matter what. So I'm still very convinced a lot of guys are going to get carries. Yeah, exactly. I think right now if I had to predict the running back one and two, it's Josh Williams and Noah Kane. Like those are the one, two. If Armani Goodwin's healthy, you could throw him in there. I struggle, even though I started this podcast off by saying I could see Caleb Jackson in theory being running back, like the third most productive running back. That still would take a lot breaking right for him. That would take a lot maybe of of going wrong for LSU, I guess, if like Emory and Goodwin are just, uh, you know, can't help them this year. So there's a lot of situations here. Um, I just, I think that's asking a lot. Well, uh, we will really speed around Cairo's question here. Oh yeah, he said, "Predict the team leaders in the team leaders in the following categories with what you think they end up with." I don't know if I'd know exactly off my head what they end up with, what but we can at least do. Team oh, leaders. I thought we were just for, I thought we were just guessing the players. We're just going to guess team leaders here, Cairo. Okay. Uh, all right, first thing that comes to your mind, we'll just go back and forth. Catches. Right. Um. Malik Neighbors, and I'll give you a number. I'll give you a – actually, no, I'm not giving you a number. Okay. He went over 1,000 last year. I'll go Neighbors as well. Uh, receiving touchdowns. Neighbors only had like two or three last year. Well, Brian Thomas didn't have a ton either, I don't think. Um, I think he had like four. Uh, give me give me Kyron Lacey. Oh, well, I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Neighbors. I think there's no way he doesn't get back – get those numbers back up this year. Yeah. Um, super, super, super duper sleeper pick there, Camorian Pimpton. Long shot odds that I don't hate him as a freshman tight end, red zone threat. Uh, rush, rushing touchdowns. I'm going Noah Kane here. Yeah, I'm going Noah Kane. Ooh, I thought I was going to be able to slip one by. I mean, no, I... he kind of seemed like their goal line red zone guy. Yeah, and it seems like they they trust him more this year. They do trust him there. I mean, all kind of out of necessity because he was the only back that was available in the spring. But, hey, you need to take advantage of that play. Tackles. Last year, Greg Penn owned this record. Harold Perkins. I'm going Omar Spates. It's good. Yeah, you can't, can't go wrong either way. I was <laughs> going to go Omar Perkins, Spates, but, uh, uh, you Omar... win it, so I'll go Spates. But usually a linebacker holds yeah. that title, so we'll, yeah. we'll both go linebacker there. Sacks. I'm going Perkins. I hope it's Perkins. Make it you fun to me. watch. I hope it's Perkins. 
Um, that's a really tough one, actually. I have not thought about that at all. I mean, Ovi Gove put up two last year, and he started the whole year at Texas. That is very difficult. It, I guess I'm going to go Perkins. Who would have more sacks, Makai Winga or Mason Smith? Mason. Mason. I, I think I think with Guillory gone, which – or not Guillory, I'm sorry. Uh, with Roy gone, I think they're going to use Wingo a little bit more inside than Smith, I would assume, because Smith is just such a, such a great pass rusher at the tackle position. I would assume Smith. So uh- – but Smith, even then, like the upside of a tackle getting sacks is like right. Or yeah, I'm going Perkins. Yeah, it's got to be Perkins. Like Savion Jones. As much as I love all the defensive ends with Jones, Wiggins, and those guys, or Womack, like that's ah, I don't know. That's a good. Like I said, pass rushing to me is such a big question mark of how they're going to do that this season. Even though there's so much talent. Uh, last one: passes deflected or interceptions. Essentially, which cornerback has the best production? I'm going to go J.K. Alexander. Here's my reasoning. I'm still buying into Denver Harris being the best corner on the team. I think there'll be times where if he's in stride, they avoid him a little bit. I think J.K. could be a guy who gets – no, I'm sorry, uh, Zy Alexander. I think Zy could be a guy who gets a lot thrown his way. He's an FCS guy. They'll test him, and I actually think he's up for the challenge. So I bet it's Zy Alexander. That, that, that was going to be my guess. I was kind of hoping. I was like, all right, cool. He's, he got JK. I got Zai. I keep mixing up JK and Zai. <laughs> uh, I, I do think at this moment, Zai Alexander is the favorite to be the second corner. And so with that being said, I, I like that pick a lot. And he's 6'3 with really good range, you know, can get his hands on, on a lot of passes. So I, I think that's a that's pretty good. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. LSU Lawyer 24, if you had to choose between updated light show, better speakers, or free in-stadium Wi-Fi, which are you picking? Here's our issue. We get free Wi-Fi because we sit in the press box, and the speakers don't really matter to us. So the light show should be our answer. The light show is the answer, but here's the other thing, is I just want them to stop having scoreboard outages. Well, that comes with the yeah, that comes with just updating everything. So, yeah, we're with- going for uh, updated boards and light show. Yes, all the lights, all the lighting technology right there. I'm just I believe Kanye the, said that first, all of the lights. All of the lights, just all of it. I'm tired of the scoreboard going out and being like, all right, well, and it looks hideous. Just as and it, they, the field actually gets significantly darker when that happens because like the, the band around the stadium goes out. I'm like, come on now. Let's, let's, let's. Um, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're both going lights. Yeah. Lights. Uh, but I could see for fans, I would probably want <clears throat> Wi Fi. I do Wi Fi. Yeah. Then you can just get texts too and all that, let alone yeah, look I up check stuff. Twitter. I know a lot of people yeah. want to gamble during the games and they just oh. don't have any reception. Yeah. I want to get on uh, the Bengal Tiger on three boards. That's right. I'm just trying to get on the board in the lap thread and look at the exactly. meltdowns. Exactly. Uh, LG15, LSU G15, future looking bright, boys. Uh, I made that part up. He just said, future certainly looks bright. Uh, when you look at the stability of the quarterback room for the next three years, or you said especially there, do you think LSU plays for a national championship in the next three years? I say yes. 
Do I think that includes this year? Uh, yeah, in the next yeah, three I, years. Yeah, I, I think if you're, yeah, I think if you were like setting, like a like gambling odds, I think that yes would be. Favorite. They will be in the top five odds to make the national championship, top five or six each of those years. Like honestly, if we just look at it this way, is that in the next three years, and this this year included, so this year, next year, and the year after that, I think honestly there could be an expectation to make two playoffs well the thing is it's expanding next year like there's a chance they make the playoffs this year right it might be like 30 40 percent but there's a chance they make the playoffs this year after that it goes to a 12 team playoff and from there it's just it's gonna be really really just interesting to watch because i have no clue how those are gonna go like i have no clue when it goes to a 12 team playoff is the one seed still just going to – like, is Georgia just going to roll over people like they would have last year? Or is it just going to be a one seed sometimes loses and you're just like, oh, what happened there? Like, I don't know exactly how these are going to go. But um, so with that uncertainty, I, I make it – it's a little harder for me. But, um, yeah, I'll say yes. I uh, let's see, slick deuce man. Give me one offensive and one defensive player that have to improve to all conference level for LSU to win the West. I see this is one I don't think you need to overthink. Jaden Daniels and Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins was all conference last year, maybe, so I can't pick him. Mason Smith and Jaden Daniels. That's a good one. Uh, sleepers. Let me let me look at the sleeper here. Uh, improve to an all conference level. If Jaden Daniels is all-conference, and so is Perkins <laughs> or Mason Smith, then they can definitely win a lot of games. Yes, yes, if those are the, if those are the dudes. Um, I'll say – I'll go – let's see. What's, a, what's one off the wall I can do here? I was going to go Dellinger or Campbell. Like if one of those two is like an all-conference level offensive lineman – that just makes life a lot easier. I which I think they're really they were good last year, but them being all conference would be a significant step forward for both of them, and I think that would be huge for the offense. I just feel like if the, at the end of the day, a lot of you, I mean, Malik Neighbors go over a thousand yards, and you still play in the Peach Bowl or the you know Citrus yeah, Bowl. Right. Like you're right. Those if are the quarterbacks all conference in the SEC. You've had a great year. You're right. For sure. I think that's um, my gimme. And there. the other one for me is I'll go Denver Harris down here. Um, Miles Eats asked, uh, if you could land the UL or the Rhode Island safety transfers, which are you picking? Okay, I haven't dug into either of these guys, really. I mean, I saw their PFF scores. I saw their production. I'm going the Rhode Island kid because he's like – I think he's just bigger. He's like 6'2", 215 yeah. or something. That's the only thing I know. So, I, I haven't watched – I don't. I haven't crunched the film, so I'll roll with you. Not, a, not enough intel for me there, but I'll just off the cuff choose the Rhode Island kid. Um, Irish Tiger 18, which incoming freshman having a Harold Perkins type first year gives us the best chance to win the SEC. I think Toviano could plug a lot of holes for him that would give him a chance because we've worried about the safety position. Okay, but but this is asking if one if you had to pick one of these guys to be like like on Madden, if you just could make one of these guys an All-American, which one would have the biggest impact? Um, I'm going to go, I mean, what if we just stuck with a password or what if we just went Jackson Howard <laughs> or Deshaun I mean, Womack? Yeah. Sorry, Deshaun, sorry. Deshaun Womack. 
Oh, that's a good one. God, I keep forgetting about Deshaun Womack. A five-star. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. Deshaun Womack. That's that's yeah, that's sleepy, sleepy pick for the sack leader, too. There that I forgot about him coming off the edge. Like if Deshaun Womack comes out. Yeah, if he comes out and he's like an elite all SEC pass rusher, that just solves so many questions. Defense wins championships, Matty B. I love the pick. All right, we're in agreement there. Uh, Capital City, who's more likely to establish themselves as wide receiver three, Aaron Anderson, Hilton, or Lacey? I think Lacey run away right now. Yeah, not close. Not close to me. Um, and it's hard because like Hilton, I think is they really tried in the spring game to get him those vertical shots and he's right. clearly fast. But also I think LaTerrence Welsh was was on was on him like i think, I think that um, fine job on hilton i think it's i think it's lacy we have we haven't seen enough Air anderson but i think anderson's more of like a gadget type back or, yeah uh, receiver no and i think all those guys will play so uh, we're not just because you're wide receiver three and you start doesn't mean it you know they, they yeah. rotate hell wide receiver one comes off the field in a lot of games because of how much they rotate so everyone will have a chance but uh lacy is the odds on favorite uh, Townsend, what's the best starting five offensive line after game three or four when Lunsford and Hurd get their feet under him? This is hypothetical, obviously. I'm just going to stick with what's out of the gate. The five guys who have already started football games, whether that is Charles Turner or Martinez at center, both have started games before. And then the, all the other returners. You've got Emory Jones and Will Campbell back. You've got Dellinger and Miles Frazier back. So, I'd love to see Lunsford and Hurd come along and especially Hurd break into the action and give you gives you even more depth and all that. But I'm going to have to say out of the gates that those guys are going to be the guys unless Lunsford comes in here and is just all world and beats one of them out. Yeah. I mean, people after last year, people are very thirsty for Zaylen's Hurd to get on the field because they're like, hey, we just saw two freshmen do that. There is no doubt, but that was out of real need. Like Cam Wire started that game, and Jared Verse worked him, and he never started another – got in another game. And then they put Emory Jones out there. So, like, I don't think they have that need this time around, that You're dire right. need. You're right. I don't think they need to to rush Hurd. Um, My question is, I do feel like it is a little bit of an oversight to a lot of people, including myself, uh, when we just pencil Emory Jones there at right tackle – is Emory Jones wasn't great last year. Like he very much was a freshman that was recruited as a guard that played tackle. And he had his moments where it was like, okay, he's not quite ready. I, I think he's going to be a lot better this year, Emory Jones. So I, I'm not saying I'm worried about him. I'm just saying we need to see the, the progression. We need to see that step up because now you do have Zaylen's Heard there. And a lot of people want Emory Jones to move to guard which was his natural position in, out of high school. And if that happens, who, like, who are you bumping out? Frazier, Dellinger, I think both are really, really good. So it's just – it's it, Jones is the only piece that I could see potentially moving, either into guard or out. Like, that's the only one to me because, I, like you said, I think everybody else is pretty much set besides the center position where I don't really know who's going to start there, but we'll figure that out. Right. Um, all right, we still got a handful left, so we got to speed around this. We're, we're slowing down on our uh... – on our promise to the listeners. How much more we got? Uh, J7. If game one this fall, when LSU goes 12 personnel for the first time, who's the other tight end besides Mason Taylor? I think it's got to be Mac Markway. I mean, he's your blocker. Yeah. When they go 12 personnel the past two years, or the, I mean, well, the past two years, but last year when they went 12 personnel, granted they didn't have many options, but it wasn't for the 
tight ends to be, you know, they they weren't looking at both tight ends as receivers. Let's just say, right. Um, and maybe that's because they didn't have the personnel. But if they go twelve personnel this year, Pimpton and McGohan to me are not ready to block as in line tight ends. Well, and he's saying game one, so oh, and we're saying game one, so yeah, I just Mac Markway stay healthy, just go block some people. Mason Taylor will catch the passes and. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Fournette, who decletes someone in the Florida State game first? Perk, Spates, Mason, feel free to add any name. I just threw out a few. Now, this is obviously for Mason a big game because he got injured in this game and it was celebrating. So I think he's going to watch himself in this game. I'm not sure how much he's going to be going above and beyond to, to be jumping around and decleting folks. I think the answer here is Harold Perkins because he does decleat folks, but also – he was trying to decleat folks last year in this game, and he was only yeah. playing on special teams. So now that he has a chance to actually play, he's the answer. Yeah, I was gonna. I was about to say he, we saw him last year, how fired up he was and getting flags, and uh, we've seen him. Several, we saw him a few times throughout the year get fired up. Um, I think I think he's just gonna come out with his hair on fire. I think Harold Perkins is the answer. If he can, if he gets a, especially an inside linebacker where if you shoot the right gap and you, or if you're on the running back and the running back catches a flat and you're in a one-on-one there, like there's opportunities to really, you know, get, get a hit in. So uh, I think that would be the pick. Nola Gumbo 41, which freshman who did not enroll early has the best chance to play this season. I think there's a lot of options here. We've talked about a lot of them. I think that the choice is Maddie beer between Caleb Jackson, Camorian Pimpton and Zalon's herd. Trying to and I think the one easiest spot to get yourself into is running back. So I'm going to go Caleb Jackson. I did a story on this. Um, and I don't remember what the premise of this story was, um, but it was on the non-early enrollees. Oh, it was on the ones LSU needs the most. Um, I had Caleb Jackson at two. Um, I think Kylan Jackson actually gets a pretty good shot at it. Which that could be, be one. Because you get JV and Toviano back there. We know that. But Kylan Jackson might be physically ready to step in. Now, the questions are everything else. You know, can you can you adjust to an SEC defense? Can you learn the SEC defense? That's asking a lot. But I'm going to go Kylan Jackson because uh, what was the exact question? Who just uh, who can who's going to break through, you know, see, see some playing time. playing time. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go, Kylan Jackson. I think Kylan. I like Jackson. that. I mean, but Caleb Stewart is is probably the right pick. We're yeah. we're both going Baton Rouge kids named Jackson. So nice, nice pick. There you go. Uh, misled alarm. We still got a few more here. Do y'all have uh, faith in the secondary to not be a liability? How tough do y'all think the schedule is this year? I think the schedule is easier than it was a year ago, but the schedule is always going to be tough. It's the SEC West, and you got to play Florida. Faith in the secondary is the same issue I had at this time a year ago. I don't know because. All of the corners are transfers except LaTerrence Welsh, and we haven't seen him play. And we, we're we not going to have to repeat the safety thing. They've only got two of them that they trust. So yeah, I can um, have faith, but until I actually see it happen, I don't know. Yeah, it's – um to me, it's, it's the same situation as last year, but they have more depth at least this year. They, they at least brought in – three or they brought in four and then you have LaTerrence Welsh uh, who looked like a good player so I think they have more options this year last year at this time we were like all right it's Bernard Converse and Gardner who I liked a lot but then after that it was like Colby Richardson and that was like the third corner at least this year your third corner right now looks like it's like J.K. Johnson 
or LaTerrence Welsh. And I think that's a lot better. So will it work? I don't know, but um, they at least have depth and options to throw out there at the cornerback position there. And then as far as the schedule goes, I do think if nothing else, trading out Tennessee from Missouri makes this schedule easier. Um, however, Florida State is a lot better, and that will be an interesting um, an interesting aspect there. And then uh, I guess instead of playing they, they, uh, instead of playing UNLV, you trade in the UNLV game for uh, uh, Army, which I think is more challenging. But at the end of the day, I think it is easier overall. LGZ, what do you think the final SEC standings for East and West are at the end of the season? All right, I'm not about to do all 14 of these, so I'll just give you – I'll give you my top two. I think that either LSU or Bama is going to win the West. I think Georgia or Tennessee will win the East. I think if there were a sleeper pick in there, I almost like South Carolina to end up being better than maybe some of these West teams like Ole Miss, Arkansas. A&M is obviously one every year people say to watch out for, but – they still haven't put it together in any large scale. So th- those are well, my top two. It's interesting to me here not to go off off the, the, the beaten path, but uh, it's interesting for me because AM usually, like you said, it's usually like, all right, AM is going to do something. Everybody's like, AM is going to do something. Eight and a half wins, nine wins, 10, you know, something like that. This year, Vegas has them at seven and a half. They do. So people are kind of like, all right, we're tired of this. We're tired of losing money betting on AM. We're like, we're just going to set this thing at seven and a half. And uh, yeah, let it ride. But yes, the the odds on favorite are, are Bama LSU to win the West, and then Georgia Tennessee to win the East. Like yeah, who would come in third? And who should come in third in the West? In theory, probably is should be A and M. A and M, Arkansas, Ole Miss. That's a tough question. A and M. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, I don't know. Arkansas. I mean, K, everybody loves KJ Jefferson right now. Which I is cool, but I don't know. It, no. I, I think he's good, but not great. Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, East, same thing. Like you said, Georgia, Tennessee. I think Tennessee is gonna be real good again, even with Joe, um, without Hooker. <coughs> um, yeah, without Hyatt too, but they've got a good offense that they can kind of keep churning along with. So yeah, they recruited well. I uh, I like those teams. We'll dive deeper into that when we get towards SEC media days and get a look at all the teams and where they're at after the portal settles. Uh, but those would be our top picks. Um, two more. Iowa City. Now they built the foundation. What have you noticed that has changed or improved from Kelly's first offseason to his second? I think that the big thing is just not having to build from the ground up anymore. Like so much of it is in, in place to where he even said, look, I'm not having to go out there and teach guys drills. Now, you do welcome in a new crop of freshmen, transfers, all that. But he said it's still a lot easier than when they were having to do that to an entire roster. So I think continuity at OC and DC game, you know, plans, not game plans, but I guess philosophies, all that being in place is. And Kelly, just knowing the team going through SEC one year, I just think familiarity is what is the difference between now and then. Yeah, I think I think that that's really it. Um, I watched his interview with Jock, uh, Brian Kelly's interview with Jock. Very well done. Very, I, I loved it because Jock was just getting questions in and um, like a speed round almost. It was great. And so um, yeah, and that's basically what Brian Kelly said. It was like, I mean, SEC. He didn't, you know, he didn't know what it was like to go through the SEC, which we knew that was going to be the case. Now he's familiar with that, and there's just 
it's he's seen a lot of these players now for a full year, for a full off season, for a full spring now. It's just a completely different game here. So that's what makes me excited about watching this LSU team this year is that, especially in game one, is that we actually will kind of know what we're watching and Brian Kelly will know what he has on his hands. And it's just this coaching staff is almost all the same. Um, a lot of reasons for optimism going into year two. Uh, last one, Nola fan. What's a realistic expectation for Will Campbell this year? He had a great freshman season, obviously he started at left tackle. Does he become the elite of the elite as a sophomore? I think he takes a big step forward. I think elite of the elite happens in year three when he's being really hyped up as a big draft pick and one of the more experienced players in the conference. But I think the goal for Will Campbell this year is to be the best offensive lineman LSU has. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I'm not expecting him to be an All-American this year. I think, like I said earlier, there's a shot, there's a shot he could be an All-SEC caliber player, like second-team All-SEC, which would be fantastic. Um, I think last year he surprised a lot of defensive players that he went up against with how polished he was. Now it's about progressing. Same thing with Emory Jones. It's about progressing. Same thing even with Garrett Dellinger um, because even though this is year three for him, it's kind of the first two years were kind of shortened or he didn't get a ton of playing time. It's about him progressing. So it's a there's a lot of ways this season could go on the offensive line, but I feel the best about Will Campbell being really good. And we're done. There you go. Uh, All right. Well, for your questions, thirty-eight minutes, forty minutes. Um, uh, that was that was good. We enjoyed kind of speed round. We'll get better. That's all right. You know, I was thinking maybe thirty minutes, but hey, forty minutes, same thing. Give people people aren't doing nothing else. They're just turning this thing on and doing laundry or something. That's 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 all they're doing. There we go. Um, but yeah, we appreciate the questions. Uh, we enjoy doing these over the off season. We'll continue to do them every other week, every two, three weeks, something like that to get y'all going. Um, it has been a very, very busy week on the Bengal Tiger on three with recruiting of all everything, football, ju- uh, transfer portal, basketball, everything. Uh, the Bengal Tiger has been all over it. So we appreciate the support over there. If you are subscribed, if you are not, you can get six months for $30 right now. And um, that basically carries you through the football season. I mean, November 11th at this point is six months away or December 11th. No, November 11th. 5-11, this 11-11. Yeah, so um, that basically carries you through the football season at that point, and um, we think it's very, very – the site's going very well. It's growing. It's doing um, – Yeah, shout-out to everyone who signed up. We've got a bunch of growth. Yes. So, yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, the YouTube channel, subscribe, like, comment, share, all that stuff. If you're listening on the audio side, leave us a five-star rating and review. Apple, Spotify, we appreciate all of it. Um, again, follow us on Twitter. Do all that good stuff. Um, for Shay Dixon, I'm Matthew Bruni. We will talk to y'all later. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.